I'm Robert Hodgkin, and this is Heroes Arise, the streaming media broadcast that equips, encourages, and empowers you to arise as the hero, warrior, and champion that God created you to be. You matter, you are important, and you've got a key role to play for the kingdom in the earth. So thank you for joining me again this week so we can continue to pour into you. I hope you've been enjoying our series on prophetic words for 2023. I definitely have been, and I've been really encouraged by the through line through all the prophetic voices, how God has these common themes and these revealing plots and ploys that the enemy has planned so we can stand against them and see them defeated. But he's also giving us keys and strategies and battle plans and tactics so that we can stand strong on behalf of the gospel and know that no matter what is going on in the world, that the kingdom is unshakable. He's there for us. And just like 2 Corinthians 2.14 says, he is always leading us in triumph in Christ Jesus. That's what I want you to know more than anything else. Even as we get more details from the different prophets and prophetic voices about what God is up to in 2023, know that this is what he's doing for you. He's leading you in triumph. You are his representative. You are his representer. You are his dominion steward, and he's got great things for you to do on behalf of the kingdom this year. And you're going to hear from a new friend, but a truly anointed man of God who I've been blessed to get to know these last few months. And he's going to be sharing with you what he's hearing for 2023. But just before we get to that, I've got two quick announcements for you. Don't forget, coming up March 16th through the 18th, we've got our Men, Men on the Frontlines Man Camp East Coast 2023 event. Our annual East Coast event is coming up at Rockfish Meadows Retreat Center again. A whole weekend where you can unplug from the busyness of life and connect with a great group of guys in the great outdoors with the great I am. There's brotherhood, breakthrough, and adventure waiting for you at Man Camp East Coast 2023. To find out more details, to find out the lineup of speakers and ministers, go to menonthefrontlines.com, click the events link, and it will take you to an info and registration page. Or if you want to make things really easy, just email me, robert at menonthefrontlines.com. I'll get you the link. I'll get you all the information because I want to see you there at Rockfish Meadows in Rose Hill, North Carolina, to be a part of our Man Camp East Coast 2023 event. One other quick announcement for you before we get into this week's show. We have done another round of drawings in our giveaways for everybody who goes to Amazon and leaves a five-star review of our new book, Realms of Power. Or if you go to your favorite podcast platform and you uh, leave a five-star review of the Heroes Arise podcast, you get entered into a drawing for our You Are Powerful coffee mugs. The, so that every day when you take a sip of your coffee or tea, you drink deep of the scriptural truth out of Acts 1-8 that you are powerful. You are God's anointed and he's going to use you in these days. So here's the deal, though. When we do the, 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 the drawing for the winners, I've got to ask you to send me your address so I can have the resource department ship the mugs out to you. And from this round, we've got everybody's address, but two people, Wesley Cover. And Wesley, I know you from the East Coast. I just don't have your address written down, my friend. So email me, robert at roberthodgkin.com or robert at menonthefrontlines.com, and I'll have resource 
excuse me, ship you a mug. And then Gene Blau or Gene Blow. I hope I'm pronouncing your name correctly on one of those tries, Gene. It's B-L-O-U-G-H. If you'd email, email me as well, we will have resource ship you your mug. And both Wesley and Gene, you'll be sipping from the truth of Acts 1-8 that you are powerful. Okay, that's it for the announcements. Let me bring in my dear friend, Alan Dio. Alan, there you are, my friend. Let me bring you up a little bit bigger. What's up, brother Robert? So good to see you, man. Great to see you. Thank you so much for taking time to do this. uh, Oh, we're so honored. What What an amazing audience you have that are connecting with you on all these different levels. Guys, make sure you're sharing his content, liking this content. This is really outstanding. There's a gold mine here, a revelation that's coming out of this man of God. And we're so, we're honestly so thankful to be here with you. Well, I've really appreciated the connection with you these last few months, Alan. And even before we started recording here, I was telling you and Evan how much I've been gleaning from you guys. And I I definitely um, want you to share where people can hear more from you. We'll do that at the end because you've been doing a series on the book of Revelation. I tell you, every time I tune into you, I tune into your vidcast, I tune into your church services, I tune into your podcast. You want to talk about Revelation. You are a last days revelatory machine and what God, how God is using you to what we love to do, equip, empower, and encourage that you keep us in line with the truth in God. You remind us of how God is equipping us and empowering us for these days. And what I really love about you and your ministry, Alan, and your team is you guys are victory minded. You never lose the focus that when Jesus hung on the cross and said, it is finished, he was addressing everything we're looking at today. He's not undone. He's not taken aback. He's got a solution. And your viewers, my viewers, they're part of that. And you really do a great job equipping people to walk in that victory as one of his solutions. Well, thank you so much, man. You know, that's what's so exciting about eschatology and the study of the end times. It should never be depressing or confusing or frustrating because everything, the greatest gravitational pull in the universe is that all of us and everything is being pulled into victory in Christ Jesus. And all we have to do is trust him to get swallowed up into that victory. And that's why I get so excited about end time study and teaching. And, you know, we, we at this time of year, we get, we get peppered with prophetic words that tell us we need to get back to the word. But really, very few ministries actually take us back to the word they leave that lesser ministry to someone else to do it but we're thankful for ministries like yours who are bringing people back to the anchor of the word of god i don't think it's ever been more important you know um we can look at all that's going on in the world right now uh uh, alan and we can we can certainly see the Mm -hmm. darkness on the earth and the deep darkness on the people but as you and i have talked about before God's instruction, Isaiah 60, verse 2, is very clear about that darkness and deep darkness. He says, behold it. He doesn't mm. say be afraid of it, be discouraged by it, be afraid, uh, be intimidated by it. He doesn't say yes. duck and cover. He doesn't say hide from it. He says, behold it. In other words, I want you to be aware of the darkness and the deep darkness because the next thing he says is, for the kingdom of God shall arise in you. The glory of the Lord shall appear upon you, and nations will come to your light, and kings to the brightness of your rising. Now, it's him in us and through us, but we allow that to arise instead of carnal reactions or fear or doubt. And I think the key to it is just what you're talking about, the plumb line of the word. 
Hmm. Before before we started recording, we had a great conversation. I was telling um, you that I recently heard you say something I got so excited about that I actually jumped up and said, come on, yeah. And then I told my wife about it, and she was like, oh, my gosh, this guy is speaking <laughs> your language. And it was when I heard you talking about how much we need the glory, how much we need the presence, how much we need miracle signs and wonders right now to show the reality of our God and his kingdom to a world that's doubting him and mocking him. Yeah. But you also said, in addition to all that, we need the word of God. We need to be reading it and we need to be applying it. That's the secret to seeing all the rest of this stuff happening is that plumb line of the truth. And I really honor you and your ministry for that. Well, thank you. I wonder if sometimes we kind of, I don't know if we set the bar too high or we set an impossible standard or we create a standard that's not necessary by saying revival is this, fill in the blank. It is people shaking on the floor or it is people being healed, which praise God when people get healed. But what if revival is as simple as people opening their Bible? What if, what if at its core, revival, I think if we seek, Brother Robert, revival generically, we'll never find it. I think mm -hmm. revival is when a principle that has died gets revived. Ooh. And when new life is breathed into truth, then the truth that you know makes you free. Right. So I think some of the greatest moves of God in history have been, they weren't labeled revivals, they were labeled reformations because we return to a truth and that truth transforms society, breathes new life into society because the truth that you know will make you free. And I think that's, that's really key for where we are right now, that you will, we will get the encounters and the experiences and we will see the glory of God, but it must be rooted in the anchor of the word or we will be led astray in a time where Jesus predicted that the most dominant sign of the last days would be deception. It's right. so important that we stay anchored in the word. That's a really good point. That, and that is the, the word is our plumb line. It is our anchor. So with that in mind, I, there's more I want to talk about with you, uh, yes. more I want to talk with you about that. But before we go there, I want to hear from you about what you've been hearing from the Lord for 2023, because you are many things. But one of the things you are is a prophetic voice God uses through media to declare his word, his truth, to preach his word and truth. But also you are a prophetic voice in the media. And I'm curious what you've been hearing from God for 2023. Well, one of the things I've been hearing is the importance of connecting with the prophetic word of God. And I want to say this to the audience, any word any prophetic word that doesn't connect sin with its consequences mm. and any prophetic word that doesn't connect obedience with its blessing is a carnal word. And so as, as I seek the Lord, as, as we all do going into a new year, what are you saying? I'm looking for the connection. Okay, what is the sin? What is the trap that the enemy is laid out before us that we need to watch out for. I believe he revealed three specific ones to me this year, three specific attacks that the enemy is going to unleash on the church. And what are the blessings that the Lord wants to release on his church if we will obey? Now, if we don't connect blessing to obedience, that's when we get into carnality. And I think that's how we, if I can just say this, this is how we judge, should judge any doctrine or any teaching. It is not that healing is either right or wrong all the time because healing could be taken to a wrong extreme. It's not that prosperity is right or wrong all the time. It's how it's received. So I think over time, the way I've, I've kind of um, balanced this in my own life and ministry is anything that is not connected to holiness, 
anything that does not drive us closer into the presence of God mm -hmm. that then demands greater accountability, that's something that can lead us and become imbalanced and lead us into error. So I think that's really important as we're weighing the prophetic words as we enter into 2023, that we look for those things that connect sin to its consequences, that connects blessing to its obedience. I think that's very important, and something our audience knows that we talk about a lot here is radical righteousness and heroic holiness, and wow. not from a legalistic or performance standpoint, but out of Romans 5, 15 through 19, where paraphrasing, and I know you know this, this aspect of the word very well, but paraphrasing it says, because the first son, Adam, chose to disobey, unrighteousness entered the earth. But because the second son, Christ Jesus, chose to obey, or the last son, or, or the, sorry, I'm, I'm not saying that right. The second Adam is what I yes. would say. Christ Jesus chose to obey. Righteousness was made available to all. So this is talking about the radical impact, sons of God, the children of God, those who are in relationship with our Heavenly Father in the earth have on creation. So when the first son Adam chose to disobey, it doesn't just say he was made unrighteous. It says unrighteousness entered the earth. Mm. It rippled throughout creation. So we realize the choices we make, the decisions we make actually are a global ministry that's available to us. Wow. So when we choose unrighteousness, we don't just have the impact of that in our lives or our marriages or our families or our finances or our health or our spheres of influence. It's released out into the world. Now, that's a heavy. But what mm. we got to catch is the second half, which is showing the incredible power for good we have, because when Jesus, as a son of God, chose to obey. It doesn't say he was made righteous. He already was. It says righteousness entered the world, or some translations mm. say righteousness is made available to all. So when we choose heroic holiness, when we choose radical righteousness, yes. not for relationship or for a blessing, but in From. relationship, yes. knowing it's the greatest blessing we have, we've got to wake up to the fact that holiness is a global ministry. And when we choose it, wow. we don't get more from God for choosing it. We operate in the fullness of what he's given us, and it ripples throughout all creation. So it breaks this lie that there's any Christian who has a, no ministry or a small ministry or an unimportant role. If you're a child of God, you have a global ministry available to the choices you make day in and day out that ripple throughout all of creation. So I think this word you're carrying for 2023 is huge. It's, it's waking the people up to the global impact we have by choosing to align with holiness, which is our true character and nature in Christ. Wow. So holiness is a door. Holiness breaks open a pathway for the glory to invade. And it's simply obedience, isn't it? Every step of obedience, every moment of every day, you're presented with an opportunity to obey to go one way or the other, to choose life or death. And every time you choose life, you open a door and the glory of God can come in and invade the situation. And I, I want to talk to you about this, but I, there, are, there are three things that I, that I mentioned that I'm sure about that the Spirit of God has spoken to me that we'll walk through, the three attacks that are coming and the three victories that are going to be released. But first, I want to throw something out at you, Robert, just since we're, since we're talking here. When I begin to pray to the Lord about what do you want more of this year? You know, we always think of that personally. What, I want, what should I do more of? What do you want more of? Do you want more apostles, prophets, evangelists, mm -hmm. pastors, teachers? And he took me to the book of Isaiah, chapter number one, verse 26. And he said, in 2023, I will restore your judges. Mm -hmm. 
as wow. at the first. He said, I don't need more apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. I need more judges. I need more prophets who will act as judges, more teachers who will act as judges. And I think that wow. that is a key word for every single person watching because a judge is not someone that is required that they be a priest. It's not required that they're a king. It's not required that they're a prophet or in an office anywhere. A judge is someone who is so fed up with where their life is and what's going on around them that God says that righteous indignation is something that I can partner with and I will put a mantle on them, not because of how holy they are, not because of how perfect they are, although that's important. Without holiness, you'll burn up in the midst of the call that God has for you. But it's not because of how gifted you are. It's just because your heart has aligned with mine. I'm going to put a mantle on you to set a generation free. And, and so as I'm thinking about this, I wanted to get your thoughts on this. Judges, what is unique about judges? When he says he wants more judges, he's restoring judges. When you hear that, Brother Robert, what do you, here I am getting in interview mode myself. I, I love it. What do you think? Well, you know what struck me is, first of all, I had my, my wow moment of, oh my goodness, of all the things God could want, he's saying, I want more judges. And what immediately struck me Bishop Allen, is that judges not only know the law, but they know how to apply the law. So a New mm -hmm. Testament judge would be one who not only knows the truth of God's word, the power of God's word, the importance of God's word, but knows how to apply it in every situation, because that's really what a judge is doing. They're saying, I know the plumb line of truth. Mm -hmm. I know righteousness and justice and truth. That is the law. And now I am going to decide how to apply that in the situation being brought before me. And so for you to be saying you're seeing this desire of God that he wants teachers, businessmen, politics, you name it, mothers, fathers who yes. are judges, that doesn't mean Old Testament wrath will be brought down. It, I believe what he's saying and what I'm what I'm sparking to is he's saying, I want my people to know my word, hmm. to live by my word, but know how to apply it, because that's what creation is groaning for. Romans 8, 19 says it. All of creation is groaning yes. for the revelation of the huios sons, the mature ones of God. And Hebrews 5, 14 tells us what maturity is. Whoever wrote Hebrews makes it very clear. I love my old 96 New Living. It's my favorite translation. It says maturity is recognizing the difference between right and wrong and choosing to obey. So it's knowing the biblical truth and choosing to apply it in every situation. That's what I hear when you talk about God wants more judges. So it's seeing the discrepancy between what is and what ought to be. That's a judge. Seeing the discrepancy between the two and then all of them have, there's a fight in them. All of them are willing to fight for what they know to be right. And I think that there is a new mantle coming on the body of Christ to engage in joyful warfare because it's not a it's not a drudgery to fight when you know who's going to win. It's 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 drudgery when you're going into a basketball game and you know the team is 10 times better than you. But if you know that you could beat the other team with both hands tied behind your back, it's not drudgery going into that fight. And I think that's, as we head into 2023, there's two words when I initially began to pray about this that God gave me, national emergency. Those were the two words that God put in my spirit, national emergency. Now, b because of my spiritual upbringing with roots like Lester Summerall, 
I, when I hear national emergency, I think glory to God. When I hear darkness, I think praise the Lord because this is an opportunity. This is a chance for us to shine. Look at what happened in California. Some great revivals begin to break out. The more they tried to put restrictions on what the church could do in California, the more the Spirit of God began to move. And I think that's what's going to happen. The more, the, the tighter things get, the more glorious it's going to get for the church. But as I prayed into this national emergency, what jumped up when I looked it up was that in, in the midst of a national emergency, the president is given special powers. I believe it's more than 130 wow. special powers. So what jumped up in my spirit was in the midst of a national emergency, God is going to release special powers mm -hmm. to his church in the same way in Acts chapter 19 when God honored Paul with special miracles so that from his body were brought handkerchiefs and aprons and they laid him on the sick and the and the demonized and they were healed and set free i think there's going to be a release of special anointings this year to confront the national emergency we find ourselves in well you say what does that national emergency look like and don't let me ramble on here if you have to jump in no, i don't know I'm what the time this. frame you is or... no you go so what does it look like and he took my my mind back to 9 11 I don't know where you were at that time, but I know you knew where you were. Yes. And I remember where I was. And if you're watching right now, write in the comments where you were on September the 11th, 9-11. I was in a psychology class in a Bible college, and then I went to go work in an international prayer center where I was taking calls from people on the ground and praying for them, people whose families were trapped in the buildings. It was a very, it, it was a day that I'll never forget as it is for, for many of us. And he showed me the attack of the enemy, that we're not to be ignorant concerning his devices. There were three phases of the attack against America on that day. And the Spirit of God said, these are the attacks that are coming against the church in 2023. But if you will get in my spirit and get in my word, these will be the three areas that you excel in in 2023, which is why the enemy's attacking. You want me to walk through these three? Yeah, please. Take us through the three uh, attacks and the three victories. So first, on 9-11, the, the first two planes, there were four planes involved in the attack. The first two hit the World Trade Center. The World Trade Center. So I want you to get this because this is 50% of the attack went against the World Trade Center. The World Trade Center is the epicenter of the nation's economic power. Mm -hmm. So the first attack, as it is always with the enemy, is to go after your finances. You know, there's a story of Napoleon where he gathered his generals in a great war room and he etched his finger around a great continent. And he said, he put his finger to his lips and he said, shh, speaking of Asia, we're gonna let them sleep. We're not going to trouble them because, because if China ever harnesses its abundant resources with its abundant manpower, it will be unstoppable. Mm. So we're going to let them sleep. And I believe Satan with forked finger is saying, shh, let the church sleep. Don't let them awaken to the reality of the provision that their God has for them. Because if they ever harness their supernatural resources with their abundant manpower, they will be unstoppable. The first attack of the enemy will be against our finances, but this is where we've got to be ready. Be ready to pivot. A great wealth transfer is about to take place. And if you will position yourself through faithfulness and through faith, those are two very important 
different things. Faithfulness. Be faithful over that which is another man. Be faithful with your giving. Be serving in your local ministry. Be a sower. Be a giver. Sow into ministries like this and show the Lord this is a place where you can put your seed. When things begin to shift economically, you'll be positioned to receive supernatural abundance. So that's number one. Alan, I'm, uh, number one, so key, and I just want to—I want to tell you—I'm encouraged because near the end of last year, the Lord spoke to Uri and I both and said, "This is a time for radical giving," mm. and He didn't even tell us why, but He just said, "This is a time to—we're tithers, but we got to a point where we're looking for places to radically sow and radically give." And I believe, well, I know, especially hearing what you're saying, is God was setting us up and setting everyone up for this supernatural wealth transfer that's coming because it's going to come through biblical principles. Yes. And, and all of you out there who have my book, Realms of Power, one of the realms is the power to create wealth. And we walk you through the biblical principles to do that because God can download uh, uh, finances into our bank accounts. I've had that happen yes. three times in my walk with him. But he, he wants to be more than a supernatural ATM machine. He wants to teach us how to create kingdom wealth and make kingdom wealth engines. And if the enemy's attacking our finances, I've become a huge believer in my 20 years of walking with God, Alan, that wherever the enemy's attacking, it's, it's not by chance. It's because mm -hmm. those are the areas he's most afraid yes. of us in. And if we will, what we talked about at the beginning, if we will apply biblical truth, it will set us free, not just from the attack of the enemy, but if he's attacking wealth, it's because we're in a season where God wants to help us create wealth. So grab hold of this first, not just attack, but first area of victory that Bishop Allen is highlighting to you. What's number two, Allen? Well, number two, we get to where the, the next plane hit, and it was in at the Pentagon. And Pentagon, now there's a couple parallels here. When you think of Pentagon, you can think of Pentecost. When you think of Pentagon, you can think of Pentateuch. Pentateuch 5, the first five books of the Bible, when God visited Moses there on the mountain in fire and glory and gave him his word. There's going to be an attack against doctrine. Penta, penta meaning five, the fivefold ministry office gifts must be, we must revive the five in 2023. The apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, and teacher must be revived in their office to bring the body back to the strength of the word. And we must get anchored once again in the word. And we're going to see delusion. We're going to see apostasy as we have never seen it before in 2023 and 2024. Ministries are going to take hold of some ridiculous doctrines that we would have never imagined that anyone would have ever entertained and large portions of the church are going to gravitate toward it because they have itching ears but if we will uphold our ourselves and our strength in the word right now and prepare ourselves by listen i've gone back you mentioned we're doing a series on revelation i'm, I'm a pentecostal preacher but we're doing verse by verse teaching line upon line to get people back sometimes it's awkward sometimes i feel like man this is boring sometimes you know i'm just like oh man i wish i could just climb all over the chairs and scream and yell and go bopping people on the head you know little bunny foo-foo hopping through the forest <laughs> scooping up the weak ones and bopping them on the head get everybody laid out in the holy ghost but no the lord says get back to the word get back to the word because the enemy is attacking in the word so that's that's the pentagon was attacked that's our defense system yeah. doctrine is our defense system right come on so Outstanding. that's that's two. You want me okay. to go to three? Yeah, please go to three. Three now. Now this is this is really important. Three never reached its intended target. 
but it's believed that it was intended to go, some say to the White House, but probably more significantly, it was going to head to the Capitol building. Now, this plane was on its way to the Capitol building. The Capitol building is the symbol, whether it's White House or Capitol building, it is the symbol of the nation's authority. So this is an attack against dominion. This is an attack against our authority. I remember a little old book that set the church on fire called The Believer's Authority by Brother Kenneth E. Hagin. I remember a book called How to Live and Not Die by Brother Norval Hayes where the body of Christ decades ago grabbed a hold of a revelation of divine authority in the word mm-hmm. and they began to speak with boldness that authority. I think we've lost it, Brother Robert. I think mm-hmm. we've, gone, we've gone from authority into optimism. <clears throat> Uh, we've gone from authority into just hopeful confessions that if I just say it enough and if I just put my fingers in my ears and la, 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 I'm not listening. Listen, real authority is not scared of a bad report from a doctor. Real authority is not concerned whenever the person you wanted didn't get in the White House. Real authority knows that when it speaks, things have to respond when they speak. So I believe in 2023, there's a revival of authority in 2023 in the body of Christ. And I may want to dig a little bit deeper into that, but what do you think so far? Um, I'm loving this, and I do want you to dig a little deeper into this because you have the right audience for it. We talk a lot about Genesis 1, 26 through 28 here, that there's a reason when we got saved, we didn't go home to heaven. It's because we're not only were our sins forgiven, not only were we made holy by the Holy Spirit, by the blood of Jesus, so that the Holy Spirit could dwell within us so we could have intimate relationship, friendship, fellowship, union, and communion with our Heavenly Father and all of His kingdom here on earth. Not only we go to heaven one day, but we stayed here because we also get plugged back into the plan since day six when we say yes Mm, to jesus christ and that plan since day six is a people willing to be in relationship with him who operate as his dominion stewards in the earth who are his representatives and representers who move in his power by his authority through his holy spirit all to his glory so we talk a lot here about authority we talk a lot here about how when god blesses us with a battle it's because there's spoils he intends for us to receive in them and the enemy is not winning when there's warfare god is giving us opportunity to exercise our dominion stewardship authority to advance the kingdom and see victories so i really want you to dig more into this revival of dominion because we are the body of Christ. We are the regents, not for an absent king in the sense that he's distant and not caring or deposed, but a king, the king of kings. We got to catch this. If he's the capital K, king of lowercase k kings, that means we're kings in the earth operating as his regents on his behalf to his glory. And we must know that. We must know. I mean, Our audience knows what we've gone through as a family the last year and a half, starting with my wife's cancer battle. There were times when we found out about that big, aggressive tumor. We were rocked by it. And but the big thing I focused on was shaking off that fear, shaking. I remember one point, Bishop Allen, the first day I found out and I was I was being there for my family and I was being strong. But then when my wife was in bed resting, I came downstairs. I had some prayer time with the Lord. And I just broke before God. And one of the things I said was, God, I can't even imagine my life without Uri. He spoke to me immediately. You know what he said? Hmm. Then don't. Hmm. 
Don't imagine it. Don't give that power. Wow. Stand in your authority. Start rebuking that thing right now. We had pictures of this thing, images from the cameras they sent up there. It it looked like it was from hell. Hmm. It was this big, gnarly, gross tumor that at one point it even looked like it had a mouth and teeth and was almost mocking us. And something in me had to rise up and say, how dare you come against yes. God? daughter how dare you come against god's beloved how dare you come against his anointed my wife his daughter his bride we rebuke you so we've got to catch that we need to operate in the authority the most when we don't feel we have it we have to have faith that we do you know one of the greatest teachers on biblical authority and imparters of it his name was norval hayes and he wrote a book I mentioned earlier called How to Live in Nana. I believe so strongly in this revival of authority that I'm working actually with Harrison House Publishers that in April, I believe it is, we're we're dusting that book off. We're reviving it, getting it off the shelf. I've written a right special on. introduction for it. Dr. Rod Parsley's written a, a special forward for it as well. And we're bringing this, this, this old revelation. We don't have to start over. We don't have to reinvent the wheel. We're reviving this revelation of authority. And one of the interesting things about that attack against the White House or the Capitol Building, Flight 93, there's been movies made about Flight 93. There's a gentleman named Todd Beamer on that flight. If you want to know the key to victory, you look at the life of Todd Beamer. He, he got one of those phones there in the back of the plane, and he heard what was happening, and they determined when they heard that those other planes had crashed. Because before this, Robert, the, the status, modus, the modus operandi of, of how you were to operate with a hostage situation was give them what they want. Because mm -hmm. no one ever imagined that they would actually want to kill themselves and drive those. The, the enemy is evil. Our revelation of how wicked and terrible the enemy is has got to expand. We've got to hate him. Watchman mm -hmm. Nee said one of the greatest problems of the average Christian is that they don't hate the devil enough. Wow. There's not enough hatred of Satan to drive them to the righteous judge and demand reparations from the righteous judge for all that Satan has done against their lives. And after hearing about what had happened to the other planes, Todd Beamer and the other crew there, according to the lady who was on the phone with him, they prayed the Lord's Prayer together over the phone. Then he quoted a passage of Scripture and said, let's roll, as they wow. proceeded to take back the plane and take it down so that it could not reach its intended target. They were willing to forsake their own lives in order to thwart the attack of the enemy. And you know what the scripture was that they quoted? Psalm 23. Wow. I believe in 2023 that we are going to walk through the valley of the shadow of death, but we will legitimately fear no evil because we know who is with us. And when we're talking about divine authority, this is just rising up in my spirit right here. In the gospel according to Matthew, Jesus called out a man with great faith. Great faith. Do you realize that this is the victory that overcomes the world? Woo. Even our faith. And that there are levels of faith. And if we want a great awakening, then we must possess great faith. We can't have weak faith, shipwrecked faith, little faith, all the different types of faiths that are mentioned in the Bible. If we want a great awakening, we must have great faith. And there's one place we can look to see the description of great faith, and it's a centurion, a man who is a killer. He is a man who has been to battle, and he understands authority. And here's what he says. He says, Jesus, I say to this one, go, and he goes. Mm -hmm. To another one, come, and he comes. To this one, do this, 
and he does it. And Jesus marveled and said, I haven't found so great faith, not in all of Israel. So first of all, look at, look at this, what, how Jesus defines great faith. This centurion looked at the words of Jesus as assassins. He wow. compared the words of Jesus to warriors sent into battle, number one. Mm. Number two, when we look at what does great faith look like, great faith says to this one, go. To that one, come. And to this one, do this. Mm. What does that mean? We say, cancer, go. Healing, come. Body, Ooh. begin to repair yourself and operate in the glory and the original intent that God has provided for you. That is great faith. And I believe some of you watching here today have been asking God and asking God and asking God and pleading and begging and hoping and praying and, and wishing. And it's time for you to step into great faith. And here's what you do. You command Satan to go. You command that curse to go. You command that iniquity to go. And then you command healing to come. Command peace to come. Command joy to come. And then command your situation to work out. Speak to every little item that's going on and command it. Do this and it will do it. And if you will do that in the name of Jesus, with faith in his name and in the power of his word, you'll see things begin to change rapidly as you get into a revival of authority. Bishop Allen, I feel Holy Spirit all yes. over this. And I know you just spoke directly and powerfully to our audience, but while the Holy Spirit is hovering like this, please pray for them. Praise, mm. Pray for them to receive that revival of authority yes. so they'll not only know to do this, but that faith will arise in them to operate in authority in 2023. Please pray for our audience. Yes, and if you're believing for anything, write it in the comments right now. Whatever you're believing for, whoever you're believing for, wherever you're believing for revival to hit, write that in the comments. And then once mm -hmm. you've done that, lift your hands to heaven. I, already, I, I feel it right now. I feel the glory of God. I feel the anointing mm -hmm. of heaven being released. Yeah. You lift those hands, begin to glorify him. Now, Father, right now, in the name of your son, Jesus Christ, I thank you that the spirit of might will come on them now. As they hear these words and as they receive by faith, I come against every adversary that's come against their life. Every attacking, retaliatory, tormenting spirit, I command it now, go in Jesus' name. I command the curse, go. I command that sickness, go. I command depression, Go in the name of Jesus. Now, 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 lift your hands and receive. I command healing come. Peace rain down upon them now. Joy unspeakable and full of glory come on them now. Victory. Yeah, yeah. Let their minds, Father, be renewed in victory. Let them be washed in victory. Let them only see, hear, and speak. Victory. And I thank you this year, we will not only thwart the plans of the enemy, but we will see the plan of God Almighty manifested in our lives and in this nation. Father, we receive it and we thank you for it now. In Jesus' name. Jesus Praise name. you, Jesus. Amen, Hallelujah. amen, amen. That was powerful. Thank you, Bishop Allen. Hallelujah. You know, you're bringing so much clarity and depth to even little things God spoke to me last year coming into 2023. One of them was the well-known scripture out of James, um, uh, submit yourself to the Lord God, resist the yes. enemy, he must flee. Well, we were going through some things and I was doing this and the Lord spoke to me and said, don't wait for the enemy to flee. When you've submitted to my truth, 
when you've resisted him, don't wait for him to flee. You command him Come to on. flee. Yes. And it was, I'm realizing now he was saying, operate in the authority. The word is the authority. The word is truth. The word is, is, is eternally true and it works. It never returns void. It accomplishes everything it's sent forth to do. But there was this part of me that was like, okay, I'm submitting to you, God. I'm resisting the enemy. Now he's got to flee. And the Lord said, yes, but tell him to flee. Yes. Command him to flee. Operate in the authority. And I, th it's, and I, there's a part of me, Bishop Allen, I think if I had just done it the way we think of it, as I've resisted, I've, I've submitted, I've resisted, I've declared the truth of that scripture. It would work, but I think what you're saying is so key. God wants to wake us up to the authority mm. that we have, that we get proactive. I love what you said about we've got to hate the devil more. Yeah. We've got to hate what he's doing more. I don't think I don't think we can ever call God, you know, the the whole extreme grace movement. I don't like that name because God's grace is extreme. Yes. It's yes. impossible That's exactly to understand. Right. It's so extreme. We yes. can never exaggerate the extremeness of God's grace. It's a false Yet grace. Something that yeah, there yeah. you go. I like that much better. Mm -hmm. False grace cuz so, in some areas we've bought into this lie of Satan that because God's grace is so extreme the choices we make um, don't matter. If we mm. sin, it doesn't matter because we're forgiven. Well, absolutely we're forgiven, but we have to understand that there's something God wants us operating in because of his grace, and it's not the excuse to sin. It's the ability to not sin, but it's also the ability in his grace to rise up in the fullness of the authority he's blessed us with in all that he's won, done, and given, so we become those expressions of him. I think we need to wake up to the reality of what it means to be the body of Christ in the earth. Yes. And what that means, when Jesus said, you'll do the works that I do, and even greater works because I go to be with the Father, when he went to be with the Father, he sat down. He sat down because it's our time to stand up. Not to become Messiah, but because of Messiah, we've become the body of Christ and we stand up again. We talked about it in his power, by his authority, to his glory. But we need to stop having this idea of God's sovereign. So we're just going to sit back and wait for him to sovereignly do it. God is absolutely sovereign. But his sovereign plan is to use us to express the reality of his kingdom into this world that we're the dominion stewards of. Yeah, you know, there's always the religious sticks in the mud who are saying, well, if you have authority, you don't need to live, raise your voice, and it doesn't take all that. And first of all, how, how's that working for you? Have, you? have you won the nation back to Christ yet? Ha, have you won mm. your family back yet? Do you have your miracle mm. yet? Secondly, just because you have authority doesn't mean you don't raise your voice. It means you can raise your voice when you have authority. It's the same way we have authority over every creeping thing, but if you found a rattlesnake in your bed, you wouldn't calmly speak to it. You would jump up out of your bed, scream and grab a hoe and chop its head off because you have authority. And so I think there's a story about Smith Wigglesworth who was just about to get on a trolley car and there's a little woman who, as he's waiting, she comes out and her dog comes out of her home with her and she's saying, now, honey, get back inside. You know, it's barking at her and it's jumping around. No, now, honey, come on now, get back inside and it's barking and jumping. You know, the way most people treat their kids nowadays. And it's just, and it's just, and all of a sudden she gets frustrated and she stomps her foot and screams at the thing, you get your tail back in there. And that dog put its tail between its legs and ran up back in the door and he jumped up and said that's the way you got to talk to the devil Come that's on. the way you got to talk to the devil when you have authority people who have authority act a certain way 
you act like you have authority. And the devil doesn't believe that you believe that you have authority. He doesn't believe that until you act like it. And when the Bible says, submit yourself therefore unto God, resist the devil and he will flee from you, there is something in the submission and in the resisting that terrifies the devil. There's something in the submission and the resisting, meaning you begin to act so crazy, you mm. make the devil run away from you. Now, that's, that's another kind of authority to begin to operate Come in. Come on. That's the kind Norval Hayes operated in, and I believe it's being revived in this generation. Amen. We need it, and I believe we'll see it. Um, I got one, one last question for you, Bishop Allen. I've really, really appreciated this. This has been wonderful. The three attacks, the three areas of victory were that, that, that God's stirring up in 2023. And I love this because whatever the enemy's doing, we talked about this earlier, whatever the enemy's doing, God not only has a counter for it, but he's got a blessing in it. Yes. You know, what is that? Genesis 50, um, it's around verse 20 or so, where it says what the enemy meant for harm, what was intended for harm, God has used for the good. And I think 2023 is a year for us to really focus on that. Anything the enemy's trying to do, he's not outmaneuvering God. And actually, God not only is a counter, but God is a way to use it for the good. And this idea of the revival of authority, I tell you what, if we catch this, because one of the things that has to happen is we've got to break free of the victim culture in the United States of America, the culture of offense, the cancel culture, the, yes. all of it. I mean, I don't want to go too far down that path, but we have institutionalized a culture of victimhood, declaring that it's power to say, you're victimizing me, you can't wow. do that anymore. We need to shake off a victim mentality because 1 Peter 5, 4 in the 96 New living best translation i think where it says the enemy roams about like a lion looking for a victim mm. to devour most wow. translations say looking for someone but i love the 96 new living because it says looking for a victim, victim. to devour so it's not mm. saying if the enemy attacks you're a victim it's saying he attacks those with a victim mentality he uh. attacks those he will devour those who don't understand the victory we have in christ and so i love this idea of everything you shared but this all leading up to a revival of authority we need it here's my last thing i want to throw it out at you one of the things i'm sensing that is really starting to build this year and i think it's going to build even more in 24 and 25 is i feel like there's for lack of a better term revival of the fear of the Lord coming, mm -hmm. that we need a revelation, maybe that's a better way to put it, of the fear of the Lord, not yes. from a legal, not from a religious, not from a quaking that he's mad at me and going to smite me if I misbehave, that that reverential awe of who our God is, what our God is truly like, and even a reverential awe of what he's entrusted us with, and we don't want to not operate in it. So are you hearing anything, sensing anything about a, a revelation of the fear of the Lord that maybe is a missing ingredient to, to all the wonderful moves we've seen, hmm. but why perhaps they haven't sustained? Um, what are you hearing or sensing about a coming revelation of the fear of the Lord, Bishop Allen? So literally everywhere. Last night I sat with a group of ministers that this began to be unpacked as we talked about how important this particular point was. Wow. I'm going to name drop here for a second. I just had an interview with um, uh, John Bevere 
who's releasing uh, his next book, could be the most important book he's ever done on the fear of the Lord. And as I spoke with him about it, I was just, I was pinned back at the overwhelming blessing and joy and strength that comes with this revelation. And I think what, what you just pointed out is the key for because none of this is going to be pursued the victory the blessing unless we properly walk in the fear of the lord and i think that right there is going to be the most important thing now there's a lot of things that that can help us walk in the fear of the lord but i don't know if the church is ready for that i think we're mm. as you said we're such a we're such a snowflake generation we're so concerned about being condemned uh, that we cast away conviction. Conviction is not the same as condemnation. And that's really important. Conviction is to your spirit what pain is to your body. If if you didn't feel pain in your body, you could cut your foot on a jagged piece of glass walking down the beach and bleed to death without ever knowing it. Pain is not your enemy. It is the indicator that an enemy exists. In the same way, the fear of the Lord and the conviction that comes with it is not your enemy. It is just the indicator that there is an enemy that must be. It's the check engine light. The fear of the Lord keeps all of our check engine lights and all of our warning systems in place so that we can walk healthily before the Lord. And I'm so glad you brought that Woo. up. And I, I'm almost ashamed that that I didn't mention it up until this point, because this is the key moving forward. And it's, Robert's being talked about, one of the great benefits, you do this as well, interviewing uh, great speakers like yourself, is being able to hear what's happening in all kinds of different camps. And in every camp and in every place, the fear of the Lord, the fear of the Lord, the fear of the Lord. And we're grappling with how do we, how do we manage this? And I think it is beautiful. And I think the body yes. of Christ needs to be ready. We need to become gluttons for divine punishment. We need Mm. to get excited about the correction of the Lord because those he loves, he corrects, and we need to be open and tender for a little bit of trembling. It's okay. Paul said, knowing therefore the terror of the Lord, Mm. I persuade men to come. So if you want to know the secret of Paul's success and why he's able to be shipwrecked and stoned and beaten and left for dead and keep pushing and keep pushing and winning souls and reaching even the higher echelons of society, he said, this is the key to my success. I'm constantly thinking about the judgment seat of Christ, that one day I will stand before God and give an account for every deed, every word, every thought. And that's there are many parts of the body of Christ that right now can't even stomach that concept. Right. They don't know how to process it. They don't think that it can coexist with an understanding of grace and of love, but it can coexist. Yes, it can. If you've ever had a good relationship with a father, you know that in your teens and preteens, you loved him. He was your best friend, but you were terrified <laughs> of his wrath. And there was a there's a healthy balance there that comes with the respect and the it just the fear of the Lord makes the love of God and the joy of God and and when we know we're not deserving and we know we've fallen and he comes around and wraps his arms around us anyway, it makes it even more valuable than it could have been without it. So yes to what you just said, and we should have spent the whole time just talking about that. That's how we can do it. We can do a whole nother show on the fear of the Lord. I'm so thrilled to hear that it's being talked about so much. You know, many years ago, about 15 years ago, I had a two hour visitation of the fear of the Lord that messed me up for three weeks. Mm. And I've told our audience about it in the past. And God, I was about to make some compromises 
And I won't go into the whole thing, but in my bedroom, the spirit of the fear of the Lord came and I quivered and quaked for two hours because I saw the wickedness of my heart in trying to rationalize compromise. I could not hide from it. He listed all the little thoughts, all the little decisions that I had made leading up to a compromise where I was about to step into a trap of the enemy. He saved me from it. I'm so incredibly grateful for the fear of the Lord, but it was a trembling thing. I think we need to catch that that we've got to catch, and I loved how you said it. I won't even try to echo what you said. You said it so well. Just everybody go back and replay where Bishop Allen unpacked the fear of the Lord. There's such a beauty to it. Yes. Here's one of the things I see. One of the aspects of the fear of the Lord that I'm excited about is it's not just reverence, awe, and respect for him, but it's it's not a fear of God so much as it's a fear of being outside of his will, his mm. ways, his provision, his protection, to where we don't even want a pinky sticking out of the will. And, and here's why I'm encouraged, Bishop Allen. I've noticed over the years, I've only been a Christian for 20 years, but in those 20 years, I've noticed some some through lines and themes. Mm-hmm. One is whatever the enemy's up to is usually a perverse version of what God wants to do. Yes. So I look at the last several years with cancel culture and, hey, look, I am not denying there were things that needed to be cleaned up. Um, in areas of culture. But this cancel culture was all about the fear of man. Mm. It was all about, I'm afraid that I will be canceled. I'm afraid that this, and I believe that's a perversion of God wants there to be a fear of God, not a fear of man. Not that God will smite me and cancel me and take away my ability to make a living, nearly so much as I do not want to be outside of God's will because I'll be outside of his blessing, his provision, his protection, his wisdom, his love, his encouragement, his I am osity in all Hmm. that it is. I'll be outside the blessing of Genesis 28, 15, where he says, I will be with you constantly until I finish bringing you into all that I promised and created you for. I want to be afraid of being outside of that. I want to be afraid of trusting in Robert Hodgkin to bring me into what God has for me. I want to quiver and quake at that idea and say, Lord, I don't want anything other than you and your will and your way. That's an aspect of the fear of the Lord that I think we have to embrace. But as I said, we could probably do a whole show on the fear of the well, Lord. Well, I think so, it's going to become a big theme in 2023. And honestly, that book, The Awe of God, John Bevere has somehow plumbed the depths of that revelation right and he impacted it in a way I've never heard it before to the point that it's exciting to embrace. And uh, I'm so excited to see the body of Christ come back to this because it's, so, it's so needed. Is, is that it will be an exciting thing. It's not yes. going to be religious. It's not going to be legalistic. It's not going to be, I've been a bad, I've been a bad Johnny Christian or bad Susie Christian. There's going to be an excitement, almost like we're going to realize there's been a piece missing to the puzzle and yes. this is it. And I can't wait. It's as if this it's, is the key to access everything else. Absolutely. Yeah. Bishop Allen, thank you so much for all that you shared. Oh, I, I could you. talk to you all day. This was so rich and so revelatory. 
please share with our audience where they can hear more from you, receive more from you. Let them know about resources you have, uh, your, your, your podcast, your vidcast, your church services. Take whatever time you need to share all the ways they can connect with you because they need more Alan DiDio in their life. Well, thank you so much. And your audience is amazing. And I'm going to be looking at all the comments and praying over all the prayer requests that are there in the comments. But you can go to EncounterToday.com. That's kind of the hub for everything. And from there, you can check out our, our Encounter Underground podcast, as well as our YouTube channel. We just crossed 250,000 right subscribers, a quarter of a million on YouTube. And we're we're just a small church in the middle of nowhere, North Carolina. That's really the blessing of God. And we have an amazing audience like you do. So go check that out. And we've got tons of e-courses. As you mentioned, we're doing a series on the book of Revelation and they can get that whole e-course hours upon hours upon hours of teaching is available right now for a gift of any size. You get all the notes and everything, and you're going to learn more about Revelation than you ever even imagined was possible. It's going to get you fired up. You're going to be chewing on, you know, 10 penny nails and spitting out barbed wire by the time I'm done with you. And uh, just so EncounterToday.com is the best place to go and get that. And our new book, Arm for yes. Victory. Come Arm on. for Victory. is uh, it's, it's, it's tremendous. It's revelation on spiritual warfare that I think will be a blessing to your audience. That's available at EncounterToday.com. Well. That is a theme we need right now. You know, I was just this morning, Patricia King, who our audience knows her, and she's my spiritual mother and mentor. I've served as one of the core leaders of her ministry for almost 20 years now, and she's uh, apostolic covering of everything that I do. We were just today uh, planning, we do a, a free series of webinars, and our next one, we're going to dig deeper into uh, spiritual warfare, because mm. we really need to wake people, everything we've been talking about, Alan, we need to wake people up to the authority we have, the weapons that we have. So having listened to a lot of your teaching and preaching, I know our audience will be blessed by that book. So I'm assuming they can get it through Encounters Today. They can get it yeah, through Amazon, barnesandnoble.com. You can get it anywhere books, fine books are sold. But at EncounterToday.com, if you check out the special offer section, we have a battle bundle there where you'll get that book and my series on the armor of God, which comes with Ooh. a free e-course. So the Ephesian mandate, which I go through the armor of God and arm for victory, all for a gift of any size because we just want to get this wow. stuff in people's hands right on well thank you for that and um everybody while you're at um encounters today website do me a favor and click the giving link click the donate link so in to what bishop allen what evan what their team are doing they are reaching the world through the media through preaching through teaching through resources they are doing the full gospel, and you want to be a part of it. You not only want to receive from this ministry, but I'm encouraging you to go and sow into this ministry to be a part of not only receiving, but be a part of what they are doing. They are reaching the nations through multiple platforms, and you can be a part of that by sowing, by giving, by supporting, by praying for them. When you're on the front lines like them, you can never have too much prayer. Put them down in your prayer journal. Write down the name, Alan DeDio. Write down the name, Encounters Today. Be praying for them. Be interceding for them. The victories that they're winning on behalf of the kingdom will be your victories too. Amen. God bless you. Thank you, Bishop Allen, for being with me today. Oh, it's our honor. Thank you. And hey, I'm looking forward to it. I'm going to be in touch. I'm going to come and see you guys in March, and I can't wait. It's going to be great. It's going to be great. Thank you again. I'll see you soon, Bishop Allen. And I want to thank each and every one of you for being with me again this week at Heroes Arise. You know, we say it every week, and we mean it every time we say it. We're here to equip, encourage, and empower you. And boy, I don't know about you, but I got so fired up 
from this episode and everything Bishop Allen shared. So thank you very, very much. Don't forget March 16th through the 18th in Rose Hill, North Carolina. Man Camp East Coast 2023 is happening. Go to menonthefrontlines.com, click the events link, or just email me, robert at menonthefrontlines.com, and I'll get you the information. And then if you're one of the winners of our monthly drawing, be sure to get me your address, and we'll have resource send you out your mug. God bless you all, and thank you for being with me for this episode of Heroes Arise. Ready for more? Go to roberthodgkin.com for more teachings, more resources, and more information about Robert Hodgkin Ministries and Men on the Front Lines.